Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 72 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from americascardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by using one of the adverts or banners on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on the OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search OneOuter Podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on the next show, then email questions at OneOuter.com or tweet them, or Facebook them, and we will get them read out. Alex, Christmas is over. We are in a new year now. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. Even though it's technically, for disclosure, it is Hugmany, as we call it in Scotland. It's the 31st of December today, but you guys will be hearing this on, I think it's the 7th of January, so hope everyone's had a good New Year, and ready to go again. How was your Christmas, Alex? Uh, it, was, it was good. Uh, I, uh, the the weird thing about Christmas here is just that there's uh there's like four different parties I have to go to. There's like the one you do with friends, and you know there's the one I got to do with the mo- uh, uh, the mother of my wife, uh, their their fa- their her family, and then the father's side, and then like the grandmother mm-hmm. has like yeah. different people that don't come in, and then uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it, it was good. It was, I don't know if it was necessarily relaxing, but it was definitely. I got away from the computer for like seven days, and that just changed my life. I just felt, I I, I was you know I uh, my assistant went and got, you know like a real job with the like healthcare, which I obviously can't really uh, compete with. Our I, I I could. I just don't have the. Uh, I don't want to spend that kind of money because it's kind of, it's pretty ridiculous in the states. Like, well, it's also uh, not not that not not that uh, John did this, but he would. It, there's a lot of people that just like expect healthcare in the states for like any job, and they don't realize how freakishly expensive that is, <laughs> you know. And then, but yeah, he get he went and he got a he got like a good job with a lot of benefits and stuff and he was like you know he was real congenial like you know i you sure yeah. you're gonna be all right and i was like yeah yeah i'll be fine man so i took over like the emails and stuff and i was just crazy overwhelmed and yeah i just for seven days i said whatever and even though it wasn't exactly a relaxing seven days it was it at the, I, I felt really good i felt i felt really relaxed it was pretty cool so yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a good how was your christmas yeah, it was good. It, it was quiet. So I think, like, oh, nice. I don't know. It's every every year. It just seems, without being like bah humbug and stuff. I mean, I love Christmas, <laughs> and I think that's why it's tough for me as you grow that it gets less and less like what Christmas was as a kid when you were younger. You know, right? It it just sort of becomes like yeah, you know, you're cooking a lot of food, you know, which I could do without. You know, <laughs> it's like. 
I mean, I eat a lot. It's fucking Christmas every day, you know. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and um, and then obviously, you know, you go around the family and extend stuff like that, and then yeah, it's all good. But yeah, the magic's not there. That and it, I, you know, it's all right. I don't believe in Santa. Yeah, it's not just broken to me, you know. But <laughs> there, there, there's something about those Christmases that when you look back and you think like, wow, like that was, you know, my for want of a better. There's not an actually better word. It's just magical that when you actually sort of believed that you were going to get, you know, like, and even after that, when you stop believing in Santa, like you find all the Christmas presents in the yeah. attic and you know that, that you know it's your mum and dad or whatever, it was still like you so look forward to, um, like, it's not a huge part of it now, but like, yeah, like receiving the gifts yeah, and like get what I'm looking for, you know? But now, like, I remember a mate of mine, like, an older guy, you know, said to me once, like, recently, he was like, it's Chris- if you've got money in your pocket, it's Christmas every day as an adult. And it, that's true, you know, it's like, right. you can buy something throughout the years, throughout the year, I mean, as you want and need it. So when it comes around to, like, you're like, well, I don't really, you know, need right. that or et cetera. So, yeah, I just think... Um, I don't know, a bit Uh, melancholic Christmas, you know, it was just very, you look back and you sort of go like, shit, that's gone, and you you never get that back, and like, I was hanging around my brother and his nephew, uh, uh, his son, my nephew, and like, seeing him, like, videos on Christmas Day of like, ripping open presents and really excited and stuff like that, you know, it was funny. And he got, he's like six, he had like a PlayStation 4 with like, Lego Dimensions. What? Lot, yeah, lots of Lego sets and lots of Lego sets and stuff. And literally on Boxing Day or the twenty seventh, I think it was, I went down to see them and I was in the house and that. And then he was like, "This, his mum, like, oh, I'm bored." And I was like, "Wow, like bored, like." Wow. And it's true, but it's just I think kids still want to like get outside and do things, yeah. and, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, it was funny. But I don't know. Like, we'll see next Christmas. I think it maybe be different if you had your own kids and stuff as well. Right. You know, right, I think you yeah. kind of get to live vicariously through them and getting them stuff that they want and kind of, you know, being Santa yourself, making it a bit magical and stuff. You know, it, it does. Like, I, I mean, I don't have children, but I have a lot of people that I, 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 I do uh, buy Christmas for uh, presents for, and it's a, yeah, it's a, it's really nice to hear, like. The other thing that I kind of got that Christmas feeling back this year, because on the 25th, I said, I am going to open my Kindle, and I am going to look through my list of books that I was into, uh, mm-hmm. like, over the last year, and I am going to buy as many of them as I want, because I am, d- damn it, I work harder than anybody I know, and I deserve it, right? So I just went and bought, like, 20 books I thought were really interesting then i went on my playstation and bought like 10 games and i was like you know what a little of the magic just came back yeah yeah <laughs> well I, i'm still threatening to buy a ps4 for myself as well you know I'm still oh, it's amazing that. man it's, it's so fun man you gotta get one. <laughs> yeah. the other thing is I, i'm reading this book uh it's called essentialism and uh i was reading that over the christmas break my uh my father-in-law was nice enough to uh recommended to me and it was just a guy talking about like when you get get to become an adult it, it it's just a very interesting concept i've been talking a lot about it on my twitch streams by the way guys i'm trying to reboot the twitch stream which is like what i'm going to try to do is like monday through thursday i uh 
I, I broadcast starting like 7.15 p.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, just because that I, I just noticed nobody was really like streaming poker at that time. And I was like, well, OK, I, I know a little about business. I'm going to fill the niche, the niche. Yeah. And then uh, I, uh, uh, I I'm going to do that Monday, you know, Monday through Thursday. And then Sunday I'll play like my full schedule and then I'll probably play a full schedule once in a while on like Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, right? And then I'll bring in, uh, I'll bring in the, you know, I'll, uh, when I'm playing a bunch of tables, I won't do commentary, but once it gets down to a few tables, I'll do commentary. But yeah, and then uh, one concept I, I kept talking about, I've been talking about this book and just, it, it was really weird because a bunch of things like coincided. I I, uh, I, I know you're a big fan of Timothy Ferris. Did you hear his recent podcast with, uh, I think it was Derek Sivers? <laughs> Seneca. <laughs> Seneca. <laughs> that was funny. I Actually, we didn't even talk about that off air. I remember just before we were breaking for Christmas and stuff, I emailed you something and you like messaged back. And I was like, I can't even remember what it was. Now. It was like, you put like an out of office thing. You yeah. know? <laughs> but, it was, but it was you typing and I was like, what is it, you Tim Ferrisified prick or something? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Seneca. Yeah, you will answer me, Seneca. Bite yeah. my ass, Seneca. Yeah, yeah, that that's my, it. Yeah. That's my I've not listened to the Derek Sivers one yet, but I have heard a podcast with him before when he set up that CD baby stuff. Like, years ago I heard a podcast with him. He was an interesting guy. Yeah, genius. And Timothy Ferris, I'm starting to realize, is exceptionally good at interviewing like really good at interviewing like he brought up like his technique that was really interesting he essentially turns everything into story format right which is like tell me about the conversation when you told your wife that you had quit your seven-figure job in wall street to go do comedy in the projects and it's like wow that's a hell of a scene they just set right you know and then you're really into it and you listen to a lot of other uh you listen to a lot of other programs and you realize wow people just don't have those chops and he's got he gets a lot out of stiffers and uh something that they were talking about they uh i'm gonna go kill my neighbor can you uh can can you guys kill hear I, I, anything I can't, thing. I can't hear a thing no. okay then that's fine he has uh the worst ranchero music blaring and it's not like it's not like this guy's like my neighbor. It's like this is a guy working on a construction site to uh to the left here, right? And I right before this, I was like I'm not going to be listening to this the whole time. So I went out there and I screamed. You know, it's a effing morning, you know? Like what the hell is wrong with you? And the guy like turned it off and he was like, "Sorry." And then you know, like gives gives it a good five Mississippi and turns it back on, <laughs> and then I, I I go back out and then you know and then eventually I I don't know it's like stupid people run the earth now you know what I mean like I, I when I was a kid a lot of people would be like hey you're working on the construction site we're the actual homeowners and guess what we got to go work a little yeah. later you know what I mean if you could let us sleep that would be very nice right and then. I don't care because I hardly sleep, but like my wife needed to sleep in this morning because she was up late working last night. And I, I, I don't know. I, anyway, but yeah, they were talking about, uh, he, he did a Ted talk where it was like, he dubbed it like, hell yeah or no, you have to, it, in, I, I thought that was kind of like, like with most Ted talks, it's like a gross oversimplification, 
Mm. But it, it was interesting just like reading this book, Essentialism, and talking to that. I was uh, listening to that. I realized like when you start your career, you got to take as many lottery tickets as you possibly can because you don't know which one's going to be the winner. And he was actually uh, detailing his life, and uh, not in this book, but in this podcast that had a lot of the same ideas, which was he got his start and got like a really good job as a professional musician because he went and he went and played music like he like got paid eleven dollars to like go play at a like a local fair or something like that. And everybody else turned down the gig, but he just was taking every gig because he didn't know which one was going to be the right one. Eventually he got a job at the circus. That was a full-time job and gave him the money that he could start CD baby, but, and could start his band. And I was thinking at the beginning of my career, I pretty much took any flyer I could, which was just, you know, I went to any game. It's interesting because like on a scale of like zero to a hundred, at the beginning, uh, uh, you know, it was like, what what would the game need to rate on your scale of zero to a hundred for you to go? And I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I would have gone to a poker game in high school if it ranked in negative five. There were times like, uh, there were times like I was pretty sure the game was rigged and I would still go because I just needed the experience and I needed to see. And then I was thinking, now you know, once you get to the other side of your career where does that ranking system go? And I was thinking the other day, if you told me there's a poker game in Costa Rica, that's like a 95, right? It's a, if you told me there was a game that was a 95 here, right? I would probably turn you down because it's just not worth it for me with, you know, uh, the wife and taking care of my mother and all the things that I have established. It's not worth it for me to go and try to make money somewhere in Costa Rica and then have to sweat you know, somebody calling in somebody to rob me when I leave, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just, it, it's weird how that adjusts through time. And I, I, I was thinking as far as like Christmas, I, I used to, throughout Christmas, I wasn't really feeling that magic because I realized I wasn't really making trade-offs, right? It was like if I was ranking everything I was doing, a lot of them were like 77 or like 83 or a, even 88. You know, it's like, it's pretty good, but... If you have the money, the real wealth is, like, how much time you have. Like, mm-hmm. uh, a man is as rich as in accordance to the number of things he can let alone. Seneca. Yeah. <laughs> like, you do it way better, Seneca. But, like, uh, in, uh, in, you know, just reading this book and listening to uh, Mr. Sivers, or however you pronounce it, Sivers, Sivers, it, it really got me thinking I, I was I, I was just saying yes to a lot of different things and getting a lot of different things done, which I really you know, I, I, I really didn't need to do, you know what I mean? I, I just and one of those re in one of those over the break was like just my email. I was responding to every email that came in, even because I you know, I, I felt like a kind of a uh I felt kind of a like, you know, oh, it doesn't take me that long to write like one or two sentences back. Right. And then mm. once in a while, I'd write like a couple paragraphs. And then, you know, of course, there's the full on emails. Well, eventually I figured out I, I started measuring it like right before Christmas. And it, it was something like I was on average, I was spending 81 seconds on an email. This was like focus, 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 81 seconds per email in between like uh, 
Pocket Fives, Twitter, Facebook, uh, 2 plus 2, and uh, two email accounts. I had about 100, 120 uh, emails per day, right? And, you know, so that ends up being like two hours a day. And that ends up costing about $300 of my time, which over the year will cost $72,000. And there's, you know, and it's just you never end up thinking of these things. Mm. And, but, like, if you make the trade-off, like, it, so the trade-off was I made an autoresponder, probably one that was a little better than the one you saw. But uh, it, 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 eventually you just have to make autoresponders, and you have to be ruthless about taking your time. And then I think when you have a little time to breathe around the holiday season, that's when a little of the magic comes around. Because if you're just yeah. working, you know, like, Christmas meant nothing to my dad because he was always out there fishing, because it's just another day, right? And Christmas was much better, much different when you're a kid because for two weeks you do nothing and, and you, you get all the gifts. And yeah, buy, buy your, go, go, on a, go buy yourself a PlayStation 4. You earned it this year. <laughs> it was also, I think, when you touch on that there, when Christmas, like when I was young, and like I'm older than Alex, but also you're probably the same. That was when, like, even normal TV had lots of good movies on. And oh, stuff, yeah. You know, like, so now you've got, like, instant film, Netflix, whatever. You can watch anything you want at any point, whereas back in the day when it was just, like, videos and, you know, the odd thing, you would borrow a video off a friend. I mean, yep. that just seems ridiculous now. Who yep. borrows <laughs> DVDs and stuff off people? You know, but, like, yeah, it was like, oh, right, Star Wars on, or Indiana Jones and stuff. It was always those sort of, like, classic films. Die like, Hard. Christmas time. Die Hard, Die yeah. Yippee-ki-yay, you know? <laughs> Kimo Sabi. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, bad, bad dub in Die Hard. And what was, uh, uh, yeah, dude, I, I, it's amazing to me the culture about, like, what you can get now. I just got, on Amazon, I was trying to, Amazon has, like, a music buying service, right? And, uh. I bought my sister a bunch of CDs, right, for last Christmas. Because, like, I guess that's another way I got, like, the Christmas magic back. Is I, I realized I was, like, I could be, like, that cool dad on, uh, on Christmas who got you whatever. You know what I mean? And I was, like, so I got my sister, like, 20 CDs because she's always stuck in the car. You know what I mean? And then uh, I actually wanted to buy the artist CDs, and they said, oh, by the way, all these albums, you just got the MP3s for free, right? So I was like, cool. And then I had this goal last year. I was going to buy everything I wanted to listen to, right? Like I would stream the album once, like it would be on YouTube or whatever. But after that, I had to buy it, right? So predictably, I listened to most albums once. And, uh, but... Amazon's like software was just like the biggest piece of crap. Like for first it's like upload all your MP3s and I have tons of them. So I upload all of them. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, this, the software on your computer crashes every five seconds. Once it, once you've uploaded the number of MP3s, they say you could do. And then I was like streaming it on the web player and it just wiped out all my playlists. And I turned on Spotify the other day and I was like, dude, this has albums that like, when I was a kid, I remember I was trying to get, like, you know, like, you would try to get, like, a mixtape, right? Mm-hmm. A mixtape from, you know, like, DJ Clue or whatever, right? And, like, it was just so hard to find, and there was only one cool yeah. kid who had it, and then you had to get a CD burner, and it was a pain in the ass, and it was like, you, 
I would have bought it. I, I, I own hundreds of uh, albums. I just, if I, I couldn't find it, right? And yeah. then, like, I was really into, like, extreme metal, and it was just, in, I, I, you know, you would go to the, like, you know, you would go to FYE or, like, Best Buy, and, like, nobody would have any idea what the hell you were talking about. And then I'm looking at Spotify. I'm like, dude, there's, like, albums here. Like, I know there was a printing of, like, a thousand, right? Like, there there's... And it's just all there instantaneous whenever you want it. And I was like, to me, it's amazing. But, like, to kids these days, like, the magic's gone, dude. Like, yeah, that was just accepted. Exactly. Yeah. I was listening to Sentence. Sentence has an album called The Cold White Light. came out 2002. I remember when I got that album. It's a, I think it's, like, a Finnish band. And, like, it's an entire, like, rock album. And, like, a lot of the songs are, like, suicidal and just, like, hyper-melodic, but really, like, melancholic. And, like, nobody in, nobody was carrying that CD when I was a kid. And, like, you know, if your parents heard it, it was, like, it turned that crap off, right? Like, and, like, the main chorus was, like, you know, like, I'll kill myself, blow my brains on the wall, see you in hell. Like, it was just... Stan standard Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but I remember, like, you would buy that stuff, and it was like you couldn't let your parents hear it, and it was like you had to order it from somewhere. You you know, if you got the Japanese version, you got the weirdo extra track, and it was like, now I, like, I, I go into kids' houses, and they're playing, like, 50 Cent, like, talking about Lollipop, and, you know, like, and then, and I'm just like, dude, I'm like, dude, your kid's 11 years old. He's going to figure out what this means. He probably already knows, you know what I mean? I'm like... I, it's just weird to me. Like parents don't care what their kids see. Uh, everything's instantaneous. Everything. And I, I was no, you know, when I was a kid, I watched R-rated movies and I listened to, you know, I listened to the devil's music as my parents called it. And, uh, you know, and nothing happened to me, but at the same time, it's like, there's certain stuff you probably shouldn't expose your kids to. And it's just, yeah, it's all instantaneous. It's all out there and nobody cares anymore. And, uh, the porn, man. Like, what, what, are, what are kids... Could you imagine if when you were a kid, somebody gave you a little block called a cell phone, and they said, there's, <laughs> there's a website on here that has vi millions of videos of people getting banged, and by the way, yeah. your door locks. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what would you have done? <laughs> I know. Would you have ever yeah. left your room when you were 12, like 13, 14? Yeah, but <laughs> Barry wants to move on. He's like, I never, <laughs> I never did leave that room, buddy. And then <laughs> I had, all, I had all the important stuff from Amsterdam. You know, like <laughs> oh yeah, you guys could get. <laughs> yeah. We had a public yeah. access channel at 3 a.m. in one part of the city. You couldn't get it at my house, but my buddy's house got it. My buddy's house in like was a dump in like the middle, like really bad. But for some reason, their public access at 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. played porn. And like we were just we were key. And it was the worst crap you'd ever seen. Right. Like just you could tell the guy who put it together was just messing with everybody. Right. And it yeah. was just, yeah, midgets and mayonnaise and stuff like that. But, like, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I always say those two words, and everybody's like, ah! Oh! <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get into questions. First ones of the year. And uh, this one is from Sky, a regular that sends in stuff and oh, uh, has his own site and stuff going. So, uh, here we go. Alex and Barry, thanks so much for the shout-out in the prior episode. I really appreciate it. I've received lots of visitors, and that's awesome. 
Recently, Alex said that if you're semi-bluffing with a flush draw on the turn, your half-pot bet needs to work 33% of the time as a straight bluff, but your draw comes in 18% of the time, so all you really need for it to work is 15% of the time as a semi-bluff. It seems to me that this can be applied to three-bet shoves as well. If I'm facing an open and I shove for about four times pot, maybe as a 20 big blind stack, then I need him to fold about 80% of the time. But if I enter his calling range in Flopzilla and I have 36% equity versus his calling range with my hand, can I subtract this 36% equity from the 80% I need him to fold? So in actuality, I need him to fold only 44% of the time. This makes sense in my head, but is the math only applicable to draws where you have outs, or can it be applied to equities as well? Thanks again for all you do, Sky. Uh, wow, I've never really thought about that. Uh, if we think, I, I, on the surface, that does seem to make sense. Uh, and there definitely is, like when you're doing equity calcs, you will find that like magic number, like, oh, if it's over 37% equity here, you can jam here. I've never like directly subtracted it or something, but it's certainly, I, I think is like a good process. Something I really want to, because uh, Sky understandably had to paraphrase there because he can't just restate the entire problem. What I'm saying when I say like semi-bluff on the turn, which is like a lot of times we had a hand yesterday uh, on my Twitch stream. The board was like uh, 924 Olive Hearts. The guy checked, I bet, and he has a check raise of like 22%. And uh, this is just an example of what I want to talk about uh, with there. Uh, with regem calculators, a lot of that stuff has been done pretty well with like Hold'em Resources and uh, also with ICMizer, uh, all of which you can buy through the Twitch website, right, if you want to give us a, if you want to help us a little bit. So uh, I... Uh, but, like, the way it works is, like, let's say the board came, like, the board did come 924 of hearts. The guy checked, I bet he called. Right there, I know he doesn't really have a small flush because somebody who check raises one time out of five would probably check raise their small flushes. And uh, I, was, I had the ace of hearts. And uh, ace of hearts, like, six of diamonds or whatever it was, right? And then uh, 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 it, it, the... Uh, uh, God, I just totally lost my train of thought. He would have check raised the sets, and uh, uh, if so, if he's not, if he doesn't have sets, he doesn't have the small flushes. It's really like limited to like one pair, and uh, one pair is really not likely to check raise the turn, right? So the turn was a uh, seven of clubs, which I thought was good because now that's an overcard to like ace two, ace four that had a pair on the flop are like threes or fives or sixes and uh he checks to me and i double barrel now i explained on the stream that i thought this was a good double barrel because to me his check raising range is essentially nine seven that's about it right i he doesn't really have much of anything else so i had nine outs uh in nine outs out of 46 so nine divided by 46 is like point not one nine four or something like that so we have a 19% shot to hit the turn. We'll just round it to 19. And uh, our half-pot bet needs to work 33% of the time. There's no real chance he's going to check jam. So it needs to work 33% of the time. But an additional 19% of the time, the river saves your ass, which means the bet only needs to work 14% of the time. That's extremely powerful. 
because a lot of people don't realize there's bets they can be making that fail. You can have that's a huge margin of error if your bet can fail there 80 percent of the time and you'll turn, still turn a profit. Now remember, this assumes uh, I just I, Sky had to paraphrase a bit, and I di- I didn't want people just like semi bluffing all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> because there mm-hmm. are times the guy has a real verifiable check raise check raising range, and uh, in which case this doesn't work as much. But this also this assumes the guy calls or folds with the entirety of his range, but this also assumes you get no more money on the river. If you get more money on the river, no more money on the river, it, it, seems, to, it seems to be, uh, if you do get more money on the river, then you don't need your play to succeed as often. So I did go with that bet, and uh, somehow the guy check jammed on me, and I was like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I did this amazing explanation in my mind, and uh, verbally, that for this play. And then the guy just like check jams and goes, ha ha. Like, but, uh, yeah. Oh, that was the time that it's going to Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like 14% or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The 2% check jam happened. Yeah. Uh, I love on Twitch. Like sometimes you'll do this amazingly con- concise explanation and you'll be so satisfied with yourself and you go, yep. So right now he has, you know, second pair, top pair, and he's really debating that hero call. I'm really liking my thin bet all in. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it looks stupid here. But, yeah, uh, all right. Thank you, Sky. Okay, and keep on coming in, Sky. You obviously put a lot of work into your study and stuff and what you're doing. Alex touched in it. I think it was in your auto-respond. I think I saw it's like, some people, like on the podcast, send in, I've sent in lots of questions, you know, and then yeah. some people send in one question. It's like, yeah, there's no limit. It's like, I joke when, like, oh, such and such email and I get or whatever, but, yeah, if I was using this and I was still playing like I used to the amount, and there was a show like this, I would be emailing in every week. It's you know, true, like, it's, it's, it's effectively free coaching. Yes, and it's not just that, it's tailored. Like, Alex is going to, a specific question, he's going to answer it, you know, Um so yeah, just keep them coming in as many times as you want. Everybody's welcome. There's there's no limit, um, unless you start really taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, yeah, unless you're emailing us constantly and not reading the autoresponders properly. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got to set up an autoresponder. Oh my well, god, the, you've got crazy. one that says you've got one that says. Uh, Please email the questions to questions at oneouter.com. You know, I should set up, I should set up my autoresponder. Please email Alex. At... <laughs> yeah, just bounces back. Yeah, it just bounces. Um, okay, next question is from. I say this guy's our regular. Well, he posted on the Facebook group, and this one was way before Christmas, and I saved it, so we just get to it now. It was uh, Aaron Lapointe or Lapoint or remember we Lapoint. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, I actually know this dude in re- <laughs> he's like in real life. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's like he's got a su- super North American accent. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. We've, we've got him sitting in a like Parisian cafe with like a croissant <laughs> yeah. and a cigarette. Yeah. Know, it's like yeah, playing on his iPad. Yeah. Um okay, um hey Barry and Alex, since the new year is coming up, I'm wondering if Alex can give some guidelines on setting goals for a given year. Generally, I just wanted to focus on study and tourney volume, but past that, I sorry, but past that, I'm wondering if he can add some depth to some of these goals or any general recommendations. Cheers, guys. Great question, man. That's a 
That's good. Because, like, it, it seems like every year people, like, get together and they make their resolutions. And uh, it's not so much that they, like, don't succeed in them. It's just I think a lot of times people pick the wrong resolutions. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of times but, uh, people who play, like, poker, like, recreationally, their their goal is, like, next year I'm going to win the Sunday Million or something. That's obviously too unrealistic. But yeah. something that sounds realistic, which it could just be a goal that you're just, like, destined to fail. Like, let's say, you know, let, let's say that you work full-time, and that's 40 hours a week, and you say, like, I also want to I wanna play poker 30 hours a week, and it's a, or have that certain volume that translates to something like that. Well, like, 70 hours a week is certainly possible, but, like, is it really that good of an idea? You know, and then uh, you, at some point, you're probably going to break down and you're going to feel like I'm failing myself. As far as, like, New Year's goals, uh, I, I think one really good practice is to just take a piece of paper and uh, write, down, uh, write, write down what you think happened last year that was good and what you think happened last year that was bad. And... Uh, you know, just as far as how you manage yourself, like what, what you know, did you keep going to the gym? Did you, uh, uh, did you keep running? Did you, uh, did you gain weight? Did you lose weight? Did you start eating? Uh, did you start eating better? Did you make a lot of time for your family? That's really the big one. And then uh, take a look at that and see what is on the good side of the column you really want to continue and then try to put that in. And then see what's on the bad side of the column and ask yourself how you're going to remedy that. And uh, mm. it, it's really good we have this question because I've been working, like, in December, I was like, this is not working, like, the way I'm doing this. Like, I have to, I have to like, rearrange everything. And uh, I was really looking at doing all this stuff, and it's, uh, this is just very opportune. Uh, one thing I notice is, if if you can omit something, if you can get something out and give yourself more time, that will save your ass in more ways than you could know. Find, like, the lowest value input that you can find. Like, for me, it was just answering emails. For some people, it's like watching eight seasons of Prison Break. You know, it's uh, what whatever... Uh, That's on my goals. Yeah, watch Prison Break. <laughs> Finally watch Prison Break. I've never seen it. I put that as my 2016 watch all Prison Break. That looks good. Everybody always goes like, Alex, you know a lot about poker, but God, Barry's actually funny. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, guys. But it's like, God, that was pretty good. But yeah, anyway, uh, they're uh, uh, like uh, recent, like this year, I was having a hard time like doing a lot of different things and I realized, you know, like I, I did this like mid year. I was like, what's my like lowest value input? And I realized it was just, like just watching TV, right? Like I, you know, I, I would do the thing where I was like, you know, I'd be tired at the end of the night. I'd be like, yeah, honey, put on whatever you want to watch. Like, and then, you know, I would watch it for a couple hours, which I'd done for years, you know, with my wife and I uh, living together. And, you know, there there was, of course, we always joke on that. There was the horrifying day my life flashed before my eyes where I realized I'd seen every episode of Nip Tuck. And, uh, and, and, but 
I, I just like wrote it down on a piece of paper and I was like trying to fit in time for all this stuff. And I was like two hours a day, just TV. You don't, I don't even like TV. Like I've never been, I, I, I I've just never been like that into it, you know? Uh-huh. And then, uh, I cut that out and that like really helped. And then, uh, you know, there, I think that's it for a lot of people. Like I break down with a lot of people, like what, what are, what are your, uh, uh, what do you do all day? And it's amazing. Like they're, they're like, yeah, I get about 45 minutes at the gym. I come home and I watch green arrow for two hours and 45 minutes. And then it's <laughs> like, okay, this is a little different. Uh, I also, uh, there are, I would just focus on the things you can control day to day. So in like small manageable goals, so like a volume goal is good, uh, but I would make it something really manageable, right? Like a friend of mine does really well on some of the American facing sites and his goal is like six tournaments a night, four day, uh, four days a week, right? Now he obviously usually breaks this, right? But he gets this momentum because he's always hitting his goal like every week, right? And he usually goes past it, right? But he di- he doesn't pick a goal that's just impossible for him. Now there's sometimes he's just not feeling that great. Or times he's just not into poker as much as he'd like, but he keeps getting the practice in. And then it's something like, a lot of people go like I'm going to I'm going to study 2 hours a day. Well, that's not really that's not really a like that's not really a goal that's likely to work. And uh something I'm starting to learn as I get older is that if if your solution doesn't take into uh if it doesn't take into consideration human nature, it's not really a solution. You know, like uh, whenever they do these health initiatives, it's like we got to get everybody to stop smoking. It's like that's a horrible initiative because it's never going to happen. That's hyper unrealistic. Uh, yeah. You know, now you you yourself can only can control that, right? Now, if you're uh, uh, in order to achieve goals and create habits, you have to smart like you have to start like really small. Like a habit is like a plant. You have to it it's better to water it a little every day than to just dump water on it one day and then leave it for four days. So like, let's say, I I think, I think these are the big things everybody wants to make goals for in the new year. Uh, For for most of the people, we'll start with the most important ones. Family. Uh, You want to be a better, everybody always says something different though. They say balance. I say, let's change that family. It's almost always nobody ever when they're talking about balancing, they're never talking about I need, you know, uh, I, I need more time for my email. You know what yeah. I mean? Like or, or if you are saying that, so that's a really bad thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like or you can do what I did, which I thought was genius. I need more time for my email. So I'm going to hire someone for, you know, to do all this. And then, uh, yeah. And then uh, it, as opposed to just optimizing myself. And then, so you got, first thing is like balance. And that's like, and when people say balance, that's like family. So it's, you should really, you know, consider like what, uh, what is going to be enough. Like you, you should set like one play date with the kids. You should set, you know, what, 
uh, however long you're going to spend every day together uh, with everybody. The other thing is like health. Every, everybody always wants to fix their health, but th- they put it as like, I want to lose weight. It's like losing yeah. weight is all well and good, but that's like a byproduct. You can only, uh, I, I think if you focus on like what you can change habitually, that will get a different output, that will get a different result eventually. But if it, all you're focusing on is the product, well, that might not really come around. You might become much more healthy, but like I've always had uh, like a little belly fat my entire life. Like even when I was, you know, 10 miles a day running, playing American football, uh, wrestling, all, all that stuff, like bur- probably burning 2,000 calories a day. The only time I've had like it, the only time I've been really skinny is when I was probably burning like 7,000 calories a day like as a commercial fisherman working 16, 20 hours a, uh, working 16, 20 hours a day. Now, obviously, I'm never going to go back to that, so those days are over. Now, if I'm looking to be healthy, I, I feel much healthier the last few years, but if I was trying to have like washboard abs or something, I would just uh, hate myself, or if I was trying to look <laughs> like someone, you know, it, it, it's just not going to happen. And... uh so, like, with your health, you know, I think it's, again, re- always remember that plant model. It's, like, it's better to water it a little every day. So, like, let's say you want to start doing cardio and you want to do weights, right? So, like, with your cardio, I, I would say just, like, set it, set it for something flexible. So, like, four, five times a week, right? Whatever it is. So, like, four times a week you're going to do cardio and say, like, minimum 20 minutes. Because if you don't have 20 minutes, you just don't have a life. And uh, it doesn't have to be like running the first time you do it. It could be a very light jog. It could, it, it could be a walk. But just make sure. And if you go beyond four days a week, you're going, uh, you're really going beyond, right? If you're taking it lighter, you should be trying to stack it on. And then, you know, just and if you can, if you can do it almost every day, or like, you know, one day you run, the, other, the next day you like lift weights. Eventually, you're going to become somebody who prizes uh, exercise every day. And if you prize exercise every day, it, it's going, because eventually your body gets used to it, you're going to start doing more of it. And it's it, it going to start helping you a lot more. And then when it comes to poker, everybody does these goals where it's like, I want to make X amount of money. I want to play this exorbitant volume. I know a lot of guys that play a lot of tournaments that play a lot of cash game hands, and they're not necessarily good at poker. Uh, there's a lot of guys who've played like 20,000, 30,000 tournaments on service. My earnings lifetime, I think across everywhere online, are, I, I think it's I think 500, 600,000, right? And it's like, 20,000 tournaments played, right? There's kids who have played 20,000 tournaments last year, right? But their profit margin is literally like $20,000. So there's, there, there is a way you could flub this and ruin your life, right? And uh, what I think has always been much more important is you focus on like high value, high reward tournaments and like stable, uh, the ones you can play every day. My buddy who only does like four to six a night, uh, with his, uh, you know, his wife watches TV and he plays tournaments next to her and they just relax. He does really well. Uh, 
but like he hits his target all the time and he's feeling good about hitting his target. And then uh, also uh, study should be at least 20 to 25% of your hours. So like if you, and a lot of people go, yeah, I'm going to study two hours a day. Well, that's not really likely, but you can study like 20, 30 minutes a day. You can watch a training video every day. At CardRunners.com, use promo code FREEMONTH, all capital letters, to get two months access to 2,000-plus videos for just $30. But, yeah, anyway, uh, there's, uh, see how smooth that was? See how smooth? Yeah, seamless. 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 Like, yeah, like Dylan Roof's apartheid patches, seamlessly woven in. But, yeah, anyway, uh, it was... Uh, A lot of it's scheduling in as well, isn't it? Because I find even with myself, I used to say... I'm going to do this like three, four times a week. And when I was single and going to the gym and stuff, it was no problem. I was doing it. Yeah. Um, but then I started playing uh, indoor football and I played on a Sunday night and then a Tuesday night. And then I got a Wednesday night, I think it was, and also a Monday night. So at one point I was playing like four hours uh, a week indoor football and then playing an hour and a half on a Saturday morning. And it was like, it didn't feel like exercising and doing it. It was because I enjoyed, you know, playing football. So, and it was scheduled in, like, every Tuesday, 8 o'clock at night, I would be there, you know, for an hour. Like, no matter how I was feeling, uh, or I can't be bothered or whatever, I would be there, you know, because it's like, oh, it's 8 o'clock Tuesday, but I got to head up to the football. And it was getting me, like, forced exercise because... I'm not the type of person that, if I could get away with it, if I had the metabolism of just doing whatever and losing weight, if I could eat what I want, I wouldn't go to a gym, you know? Right. I don't, I, I don't enjoy the, the build-up. Once I'm into it, I do enjoy it. When I was, like, really at the gym, I really enjoyed going. Um, if I missed a day, I would beat myself up so much. I would be like, oh, fuck, right, i got to go back on Wednesday and be, like, twice as long, you know, like, because I missed Tuesday or whatever. Because I'm kind of like that. Once I get into something... But for me, when I'm my situation now, the thought of going back and starting building from no zero, right. like it's just you gotta be honest with yourself. And you know, I try to all get a cross trainer for the house and stuff like that. That's just not going to happen in terms of like doing <laughs> it and doing it. Do it. No, I've got it. And, like I did it for a while, and then it's it's not there. It's not scheduled. It's, right, it's up right. to me still. I think you got to remove it if you're a bit like you know the willpower sometimes for certain things. My willpower for other stuff's really strong, you know, but like for that, it's just like, nah, you know, there's uh, there's always other things I could be doing. So like from a personal point of view, well, I'm I'm actually way to join um, a local gym that's got a pool and sauna and everything as well. So it's also nice. a place to go and like go and get back into the you know losing losing weight and running and getting healthier because it just it's went on too long now. And um, also, it's a place to go and like sort of switch up, you know, swim and sauna, etc. You know, like that. So, I'm going to try and treat it like that and schedule it in. Like, yeah, I'm off, I'm going, you know, and that's it. Rather than just leaving it to yourself, because if it's left to yourself and you're at the stage where you're really having to do it, like you've done it a couple of years, like, all right, this year I'm going to do it. Then you got to just be brutally honest with yourself and go, well, what's different this year? You know, just because it's New Year, it's nothing. You know, it's, right, it's right. like what it's like what I always joke about. Like it starts Monday, or um, you know, like I joked with my friend, it starts Monday, or, or no, you start on the first of a month. And we joked. I looked the next Monday, that's the first of January. It's two thousand eighteen. So <laughs> like right, 
<laughs> let's just maintain until 2018 January 1st because because it's a Monday and it's the first of a year. You can't get a better start date than 2018, <laughs> the first of January, and it's a Monday, you know. But joking aside, I think finding something that you enjoy, if you don't like running on a treadmill or whatever, getting into, like, I don't know, badminton, squash or tennis yeah. or foot, football or whatever, and if if it's also get with it, I do miss it. I mean, I, I stopped it recently with my injuries and touch wood, my ankle's strong again and I'm trying to get back into it next year, but I want to get in better shape before I go back because I think you're just too susceptible to getting injured again when you're, you know, I'm carrying far too much weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, right, get back into slowly. But I miss the, like, the team aspect of it as well. You know, that camera, you don't understand, like, the social as well you know like playing with these other guys and like even some of them if you're not like friends you still like get good banter with them and respect you know like you play every week it was the same teams every week and stuff so i want to try and get that back in and like schedule and i definitely think if you get something like with a friend like we're going to go and play badminton for an hour a week or whatever on a wednesday eight o'clock like that's it you're both going to be there because you're not going to let each other down you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like Right, and then it becomes you look forward to it, and it's it's not like exercise when you do stuff like that. You know, I right. think scheduling's a huge thing rather than just like you say, I'm going to run four times a week, and then you get up and you go, oh, and then you don't do it, and then you beat yourself up, and then you do nothing. You know? Right, and I my thing is always like just go out there and walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because usually what ends up happening is. And you gotta yeah, you gotta try to make it as interesting as possible. Like if there's an album you really want to hear you should only let yourself hear it on the run or if there's like a podcast that you think is interesting you could you should run with it and something i do is i carry like a buck slip i carry like a piece of paper and like a pen and if there's some like interesting idea i write it down and like just getting that kind of engagement when i run will yeah it's like it's it's considerably dorkier than you know playing football but like it it is a way of making it more fun for the person and yeah if you can play sports that's like way better that's something i didn't account for like when i moved in here i thought oh like uh mountains really quiet low crime nice neighborhood but like the nearest gym is like 20 minutes away or something like that it's just but yeah when i did go to a gym here i hate i hate gym culture i hate uh, all that stuff and uh I, uh, but like when my buddy was like, I'll see you at this time, right? I always showed up because I wasn't going to leave him hanging, you know what I mean? And then it was, uh, eventually, uh, but yeah, I always say like just another way I think of it is just, uh, I, I think of it as like an endurance builder. Like I always think of uh, like, I need to go and run here because it's going to build endurance or whatever exercise it is, even if you, it's better if you can find something that's fun. Like if I could, uh, if I could go play American football still without, you know, risk of a brain injury, uh, that would leave my wife taking care of me for the next 40 years. I I would probably go do it, but, uh, I would probably go do that as opposed to running. But like what, uh, I think of every time I go for a run is just, I'm building endurance and uh, it, it really is true because there's definitely, especially if you play tournament poker, like there's a lot of times, I, I think my only like real edge at a table, like when I'm playing with a lot of guys who are regs that are like really good, is that 
they're all just super exhausted because, you know, all they do is smoke weed and eat pizza all day, and they they just mm-hmm. give away their tournament at the end. And I, I'm sober and have been sober for a long time, and I uh, didn't drink, you know, I didn't have a few beers the night before, and I'm kind of groggy this morning, and I got to bed, and I worked out, and that that's pretty much it, you know what I mean? And then, I, you know, they might even be better players than me when they're fully rested, but they just never are fully rested, and relaxed and yeah it's a it's a i i I think i think we covered a lot of the stuff there yeah i think it's important as well like we are poker podcast what you were saying you know a lot of that there was about health but that is a huge one that people always look at and it is one that they should look at as well and i know like last year i i make goals and i just do them simply on my little note on the iphone you know like the little notes you can make and I do it, and I kept the ones for 2014 and 2015, and once I don't do in the year, I then roll them on to the next year and then, you know, do it that way. And I, I definitely improved a lot of my uh, output and, like, achieving stuff when I started doing that, you know, making goals. Right. Like, physically, I've always thought, you know, but actually writing them down, it sounds stupid and mystical, but there is something in writing it down, whether it's in pen and paper or... On oh, a little note, sure. you know that you're going to see every day, and I do refer to it throughout the year, which you have to do. But the one I've definitely the last couple of years I always say is, is the health get back into shape. You know what I mean? Because right. I was I was just even recent, like two thousand sort eight nine. You know, like seven six years ago, I was in good shape, and then just progressively bang 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 like out of shape you know what i mean but right. because i was still playing indoor football and i could run about like i don't struggle getting upstairs and stuff you know what i mean i can still right i'm not like oh fucked out of breath so i don't really notice it but i put on far too much blubber you know <laughs> yeah. um and uh it's like getting back to it and i'm just gonna bite the bullet and join this gym and go to it and like fuck gym culture whatever i'm turning up and just like yeah you know, i I'm off peak nine to five. All all the idiots are like working in offices and shit. Anyway, I don't care. Oh, that, <laughs> that, that's that's what you. That's what I thought, and then I realized people like don't work anymore. Yeah. Well, I, it was like I, I I don't know. There was there was this hilarious. I I saw this hilarious. Uh, it it was like a panel discussion on a news network in, in the states, and they had the crotchety old man and. Uh, it was like millennials are more likely to quit a job if they do not get the type of benefits they want the first year, right? Like if they don't get three weeks vacation the first year and this old man, like real, you know, his eyes like piercingly look and he honestly asks, he goes, millennials have jobs. And I just, I, I don't know why I cracked up so much, but it was like everybody in my school, like just do, everybody in my high school, like doesn't have a job. Like they, yeah. what, what am I? I'm about to be 28, Barry. They don't have jobs. They they sit at home and do nothing. They got their degree that was absolutely worthless, and they do nothing all day. And you know yeah. they watch anime and they eat Cheetos. And then they're gonna go vote for Bernie Sanders because I'm not paying enough in taxes. Like it, it's it, like okay, I like. And they'll sit there and they're all, they'll argue with me, right? And then I'll be like, you know, like when the hell, you know, they were like, you know, we need people to pay their fair share. And you know what, man, you've got enough money. You don't have to, you know, you don't, you don't need all that money. I'm like, what the hell do you know? 
Like, have you ever yeah. done anything? Like, how, how the hell are you going to spend my money? You didn't, you didn't know what it took to get it. And I'll, I'll be like, this is so weird. It's like, could you imagine, like, a project in, like, high school where it's like, okay, uh, we're going to, okay, this one person is going to do all the work and we're going to disperse the credit and then yeah. we're going to argue that he's getting too much credit, right? And it's like, it's perfectly like valid. Like how much have you paid in taxes? Like I pay, like I've probably, you know, like the amount, it's probably more than your, uh, and anyway, it just, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. But yeah, I went to a gym recently and I thought like, oh, cool. It'll be like off peak hours. And it's a, it's just full of people my age. I'm like, how yeah. old are you? Like 26. You going to school? No, you got a job? No. Okay. Like, you know, like, well, this is, I, I think I found why the economy is like not doing that well. But yeah, a- anyway, you know, keep relying on your 55 year old b- father to like work to pay for your Xbox Live <laughs> subscription. It's uh, no, fucking scary. Yeah, it, really it is. is. Um, all right, next question is anonymous. That anonymous that always emails in. Yeah, um, yeah, Mister Anonymous. Uh, hi guys, I have a question on the new bounty tournaments on stars. Uh, bounty builders, <laughs> where I've never heard of these. I don't know. Um, where fifty percent goes on to progressive bounties and fifty percent into prize pool. So as you get on, the bounties can be huge on each player. What do you think are some adjustments to MTT strategy I should be making here? Thanks. Yeah, with the cr- progressive bounty tournaments, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I haven't really played that many of them or spent a great time thinking about them. But they are very fun because there's a lot of people that there seem to be two adjustments that people make, which is either they play it like it's a typical tournament, which is, uh, you know, they just put it into their schedule of like 10, 12 tournaments. And that that's obviously not optimal. And then there's also people that just act as if like winning bounties is the be all end all of the tournament. And that's not really the greatest idea ever because first place is still going to be, you know, a more significant portion of the prize pool than, you know, half of this guy's buy-in. But uh, the thing I always do is I always just try to add a few chips to the pot. Uh, Like if there's like one bounty that you can get, I like add like two big blinds to the pot. Like when I'm deciding whether to call or not, if it, and if it's two, it's like four big blinds or like three it's it, or excuse me, it doesn't go up like that it, because it, you only get half of it, right? But you you just you try to add a couple, like you know, it's like two, like uh, I it's like two big blinds for like one bounty, and then like I'll add like a big blind for each uh, progressive like increment the way it goes up because people get their half uh, in a full buy-in will essentially be like two big blinds, right? And then there will come a point where it starts like uh, it, it, it will start becoming like adding five, six, seven big blinds to the pot. Now I find this is a good adjustment because you're obviously going to call a little wider versus this, right? Like maybe normally your calling range would be like ace Jack. And instead you're going to widen it out to like ace eight, ace nine, which I think is about how much you want to adjust. You don't want to over adjust, Right and end your tournament, but at the same time, you just don't want to be uh, completely ignoring it, right? So that, that, that's tend, it, it seems to help my students do pretty well, and it's always kept me out of trouble and done pretty well. 
and my friends who are good with the ICM say, I do pretty good as far as, you know, it's like there, there's definitely, hey, you had a really plus AV jam here. Oh, crap. Like, uh-huh. but uh, I, you know, I do miss a few things, but th- they've said I do a lot better as far as that. That's just kind of like the rough shorthand way I've thought of it. And that's always seemed to, I've always been pretty happy when I go through the hand histories with people who actually know what they're doing when it comes to ICM. And, uh, I, I, I think it'll work for you guys as well. So that, that's my, that's kind of, I, I, I would really recommend uh, ICM Eisner and Hold'em Resources have like wonderful tools, ICM Eisner in particular for like adding money into the pod and stuff like that. That's kind of how we like broke them down uh, internally when we were trying to figure out some of these. And that, that's how I figured out that my very like roughshod uh, scatterbrain method here uh, of, it was right about 80, 90% of the time. So uh, be sure to look at those programs. And you can buy them through the Twitch site, twitch.tv slash assassinato, if you guys want to put a little wind in the pirate sales or whatever the hell Adam Krollo yeah. says on his podcast. But, yeah, anyway, yep. Yeah, good rule of thumb for people to sort of adjust for that. I, I've never even heard of those tournaments or played them. Really? <laughs> like, what is yeah. this poker thing you're all playing? Yeah, yeah. So, what is this poker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. eventually it's all going to move to Badoogie and you're going to be really confused one day, Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i got to start playing again. I, I'm going to Vegas in uh, October uh, next year. Well, this year now when this podcast is mm. out for my brother's wedding and I definitely want to be playing a bit then so I do need That's to start it. I was thinking about start playing like just Sundays or something just as a way of like you know hobby a little yeah, little yeah. hobbyist you know poker's I, I just want to say something like a lot of times people think I'm like really curmudgeonly with poker poker's awesome I've really started liking it a lot more again like especially playing live in Vegas this last year you said Vi- Vegas and I was like I got that feeling like when I saw Rounders the first time you know what I mean like I want ships so high I can't see over them and stuff like that <laughs> like it's just but I was thinking of the Venetian I did not think of the Rio when you said that <laughs> I, got, I got deep in a Venetian tournament it's just intoxicating having the huge chip stacks and like you know a guy opens and it's like this <laughs> you know uh, this guy doesn't even know what he's in for, right? And then just yeah. cutting out the chips, right? And like getting it. I'm re- I love live poker. I hate live poker players, but you know, I uh, not actually. It's not. I like I like people that play casually. PCA is always a little different because every. It's not that there's that many pros. It's just everybody thinks they're a professional. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're, and it, it just get the long time banks, and it's just. I don't know. I'm always like, I'm most likely to open fire on a, uh, one of these guys, one of these days, like just the the two minute time bank before the dead, obvious fold to the continuation bet. But yeah. Mm, Yeah. yeah, I I think for me, I think for me, it's more like I know what it takes to win and actually be profitable, you know, like in the games. And I know that just now I'm not willing to put that work in. So I kind of just, because I'm I consider myself a sensible person, I'm like I kind of almost don't even want to play. But then I forget I still could play enough to be a chance of winning and profitable. You know, in in the tournament, especially the the mad tournaments. You yeah. know what I mean? Like with so many players. So like live, yeah, no problem. I just mean online. You know, like, I know that like the advantage using a HUD gives you and properly. You know. 
looking at things rather than just. But yeah, live. I, I think I, you know, I, I'm looking You're forward to playing live them. again. I yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy the that way. You know, not all the time. I couldn't play it every night like I used to. I used to play live like three, four times a week, maybe more. Uh, tournaments and then cash games as well and like we, we were, me and my friend we were never out the casino but now I think I'd look forward to like yeah Vegas you know two weeks or whatever just enjoying it you know not like feeling a rush to like try and make money just enjoying it and making good decisions yeah, and sort exactly. of like, just watching it. people and yeah enjoy the sort of enjoy being present almost like at yeah. a poker table you I'm know, like the most, and the other, no, no, it's, yeah, it, it is a presence and holding the chips is fun and like just playing is really fun. But the other thing you were saying, you said something that was like, I just know, you know, what it takes to win and I'm not going to do that. And it's, I consider myself like someone who has what it takes to win. And like, you can also, the funny thing in poker is you can just win the wrong things. Like there's yeah. a, like, you can, like, I just recently won a major, which was like, uh, I don't know what the hell they talk, they call it on iPoker, but it's like their two-day tournament, right? And it's like multi-entry, Sunday major, yeah. whatever. And it was like, you know, it, don't get me wrong, like $15,000 is a lot of money, but it's the exact same format that some of my friends have won to the tune of like, four hundred thousand dollars you know what i mean and i the quality of the players is the exact same you know what i mean from what i saw at the final tables and i actually had a really badass player at that final table who's just making my life a living hell that was directly to my left and i eventually like vanquished him right it's a it's an awesome twitch video by the way if you guys subscribe for like five bucks you can watch the whole day two action with commentary right and it was just it was a madhouse final table. It was a blast, dude. Like, it was crazy. And just every hand was at war with this guy, right? And I was at the end, I felt really good, and I was like, that doesn't, that's a piss in the bucket. That's nothing. Like, it was, my buddy is so funny. I, like, posted, I won this, right? And, you know, like, 200 people liked it, and he, you know, because he's an asshole. He goes, like, congratulations on getting your buy-ins for a week. And it's like, (laughs) that's really true, because, like, $15,000 is great, but, like, you're playing the 1Ks and the Sunday majors and stuff like that. Yeah, it was like, everybody's like, dude, you want a major and you want two PCA seats or you want a PCA seat and an LAPT seat. And I'm like, yeah, dude, and that, you know, that pays for a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Like you got to win the right things. And it's, it's weird how poker's like that. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you never know. Like I always say, you never know where you are on that curve. It's like, you might just be destined to win these, like, you know, 10 K 50 K and it's good money and it's whatever. But then, you get some guy that comes along, it's his first tournament, and he wins a Sunday million. Like, some punter. <laughs> some, yeah, or you get the pros that are, like, I know you've got Moormans and stuff like, you know, the guys that are that are out there. And But then you also have pros that are similar, in, and they just never have the right. run good in the certain spots and just don't you know, don't hit it. Right. You know? one, one of the so, things that's really cool about our audience is I, I don't think I've ever really gotten, you know, maybe I've made mistakes as well. I'm sure everybody does when they get deep, right? It, it But, like, I, I can't think of, like, a mistake that's, like, going to haunt me for the rest of my life when I've gotten deep in these tournaments, right? And there's a, 
there was certainly in my Sunday Million final table when I, I I was like 20 years old. I obviously misplayed something because who the hell doesn't when they're 20? But like, there it was. But like, so what some of my friends go through. Like, I get this pass where it's like, well, if Assassinato did it, it must be right. And I'm like, well, guys, that's not true. Like, I'm, I'm totally capable of screwing up, right? There was recently I won like a big pot at the Venetian. And, like, I went home, and I everybody, you know, the guy, it was a Spanish player. He was like, man, you played that really well. And then I was like, thanks, man. And then uh, I went home, and I ran the numbers, and it was like, yeah, that was re- really stupid, right, <laughs> is what the, what the thing was telling me, right? And I was thinking, you know, it's funny because when I started, it was like I could do no right, like, just because poker back then was between, like, petulant Americans, and it was just like everybody hated each other. And if you weren't one of like the gilded few, you were you were terrible. And now it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he must know what he's doing. But like our fans are just always like, yeah, Alex has got it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm very capable of playing bad. Trust me. Like I, I can do that. I just I don't play that bad is the thing. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, this year I had a million final table and it just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And. There's for me, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, Alex just had a bad day. But there's good friends of mine who are just as good of players as I am. And everybody's like, that guy's a choke artist. <laughs> and it's like, he's not a choke artist, dude. He, he race folded a couple times and he jammed and he lost. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, that's yeah. so normal. But yeah, anyways, guys, we should, should wrap this yeah, one up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So, Alex, how can people get in touch with you? For private coaching, your Twitch channel, like all your plugs, you know, you know the script by yeah, now. Yeah, I know this script. Hey, wind you up. I'll wind Alex up. <laughs> here, we, here we go. And everybody turns off the podcast <laughs> right now. But no, uh, if you guys want uh, information about private lessons, or you just got, if you got questions for me, write them at questions at oneouter dot com. We'll talk about them on the show. It was really funny because people would send me questions and I'd write back like token answers. And it occurred to me like Sky Matsuwaki or however you say his last name. Like he gets it. He gets in about 23 questions a week. I, <laughs> I, I think we should get other people like getting the questions in, but yeah, send in your questions there. Write me at assassin coaching at gmail.com. If you want to uh, talk about private lessons, I'll send you my auto responder. will send you a link to just all the information you can need right away. And then I'll, I'll be there to, you know, I'll be there to like answer questions if that doesn't answer uh, everything. And then hopefully we, you know, we can work together and uh, also be sure to sign up for card runners, uh, promo code free month, all capital letters to get two months access to 2000 plus videos for just $30 and uh, favorite us on iTunes and all that. And check out my twitch.tv slash the assassinato. Uh, be sure to favorite that channel. That's uh, you can just watch and, uh, see how it's done. See, see uh, me playing deep in tournaments. There's tons of final tables on that all the time. And I'm doing more of these fun shows where I just rant about politics and the issues of the day. And then we also play some cards, which are fun. And then you can watch my full Sunday sessions and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out pokerheadrush.com and sign up for the newsletter to get free strategy articles every Thursday. And uh, I'm actually going to write that right after we're done with these podcasts today. And, uh, yeah, be sure to 
sign up for that newsletter and just favorite that site, Poker Ed Rush, to see all the blogs, interviews, uh, trip reports, strategy articles, battle rap, all that good stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think... Uh, is the battle rap... Is it out yet, your last one? No, nope, it's uh, it's going to be out in like a day or two. What happened, okay. uh, I, I should just say this, this is, uh, uh, what happened is uh, Canon, uh, well, <laughs> it, it was one of those things, it's like, if if it's late getting out, it can still be a great product, but if you get it out early, it can be... It, it can be terrible forever, you know what I mean? So we we I did the subtitles with a friend of mine, and my friend is I I think he's from like I I don't know he's from a part of Mexico where he just didn't understand a lot of the slang and stuff, and obviously my Spanish is not amazing, but he was like correcting it and making a good Spanish, and it ended up being written very well in Spanish. And then Cannon saw it and he was like, guys, if we release this, this is a disaster. Like, and I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, anybody who reads that is going to know, like, you don't know the hip hop culture in Mexico. You don't know, like, he was very, like, clear. He was like, this is just, it doesn't read well, right? It, it, it's going to, if you want the Latino audience, it's not going to happen. So he redid the entire subtitles. And, like, he was, like, calling up his, you know, his friends in Mexico. And he goes, what would be an equivalent for this joke, right? Because a lot of the jokes, like, don't translate, right? And if you watch, like, Netflix, they'll, like, they'll come up with an equivalent for the joke, right? They'll, like, try to, they'll try to get the spirit of the translation as opposed to an exact translation. So we put a lot of stuff like that. And then it's really hard because there's, like, double entendres in English. And it's, like, how do you translate that, right? So we came up with this idea where it was, like, we would write it out in Spanish but in parentheses put in English, some of what was going on and it ended up taking a really long time. And then, yeah, we just got the, it's getting uploaded literally today. So by the time you hear this, it should be out and uh, hopefully it's viral sensation. Right. But yeah, it's going to be, uh, we just got all the translations done. And then essentially the guy at DFW battle league has to, he has to edit it and put in like the rounds and cut out, you know, some of the stand right there, stand right there. We got to get you in frame, right. For round three and stuff like that. And then yeah. it's, it's going to be done. So yeah, it was uh sorry about the delay on that guys. And uh, follow me on Twitter at the assassinato. And you can see all this stuff when it comes out. And uh, yeah, if you add me on Facebook, Oh, we got to talk about that. I deleted 90% of people off my Facebook. Barry, we're going to talk about that next episode. Okay. And, uh, I did that about two years oh ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. But, yeah, uh, if you add me on Facebook.com slash Assassinato, I will reject you and send you to my fan page. So be sure to do it. And, uh, yeah, guys, see you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you want questions for Alex on the next show, send them in questions at com, as Alex said and we'll get them looked at, dissected, and uh, read out, and I'll, I'll try not to be too sarcastic with them. <laughs> um, and until the next time, thanks for listening, and cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. 
Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.